Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly, hosted by Greg Osori, featuring Anil Murdy. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on Twitter Spaces for our monthly wrap-up with Greg. I'm Nadia Bajuelo, Community Events Manager here at Overclock Labs. I hope everyone here now and listening later is having a nice morning, afternoon, evening, wherever it is that you're joining us from. Before we dive into today's spaces, I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you to you guys, the Akash community, for a great month of July. You guys were active all month, sending us questions on Telegram. We've even got one already for today's AMA off of Telegram. You guys have been participating in the AMAs on Telegram and the quizzes. Not only that, you let us know how much you're enjoying our community calls and the blockchain's basics videos that we've uploaded to our YouTube channel. You're sharing on your socials why you're so bullish on Akash, and some of you have even become providers and insiders. In fact, both of those have grown this month. Community is a two-way street, so guys, keep the questions and comments coming. We're excited to bring you more each week, and we're looking forward to what you guys do next month. Right now, Start by showing some emoji love during this call. It's fun for the speakers. It's fun for the call. You guys could just um, hit your emoji buttons throughout the spaces um, and send in questions for today's conversation. Um, To get your questions in during today's spaces, um, go ahead and request to speak. We'll then bring you up so you can ask your question. But once on stage, we do ask that you guys please remain on mute and we'll call on you when it's your turn. Can't unmute? Guys, no worries. Reply to the pinned tweet that you should see right above my profile picture at the top of the spaces room with your question. And if it's not up there yet, we'll get it up there for you. All right. A few reminders and things to check out before we hand it off to Greg. We want to find and tag all things powered by Akash and get our growing deployments listed in one place, but we need your help. Here on Twitter, please check out our new Akash Bounty program. It runs through August 1st, so a few more days, guys, with a 5,000 AKT prize pool. Also, check out akash.network slash community and find out about how you can spread the word about Akash and help the project grow, becoming an Akash insider. This month, we actually welcomed five new Akash insiders, bringing the insider fam to 31. And on here, I think I see Jagar. I'd like to give him a warm welcome. He is our newest insider and also the founder of Prater App. Welcome aboard as an insider, Jagar. Awesome. Um, The passing of Proposal 23 brought us the Akash Accelerator. If you have an idea for a project on Akash, join our grant program. If you missed the spaces where Alani Kuye gave us the details, check out our YouTube video on Akash Accelerator. 
And while you're there, check out Alani's latest video series on Blockchain Basics. Like and subscribe and stay tuned for some how-to videos that are coming down the pipeline. Also, join us on Telegram this Friday. Stay tuned for announcements on our Telegram channel to learn more. And last, we're hiring. Greg will have a little bit more for you on that. So with that, let's dive right into today's spaces. First, Greg will take it away for updates. After updates, we'll give you guys a full introduction to our guest today, Head of Product, Anil Murthy. I'll be asking Anil a little bit about IP leases, what it is and why we're building it. We'll kick it back to Greg. We'll chat with Anil about when people can expect to use it and where we're at with releasing IP leases. During updates, since we're at the end of the month, Greg will be running through the latest updates on what's going on here at Akash, including some news on the Akash community support for near protocol stake wars. He'll continue with a look back at highlights and milestones in July. And as always, we'll wrap things up with AMA time with Greg and our guest, Anil. We'll talk to Anil just after updates, but right now let's hand it off to the man of the hour and CEO of Overclock Labs, Greg Osiri. Take it away, Greg. Thanks so much, Nadia. Really good to be here. I love these, these community calls. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a little over a month, uh, regularly every Wednesday, and absolutely enjoy connecting with the community, um, taking the questions, being available, uh, and preparing for this call is uh, is a great way for me and my team also to review our accomplishments over the week, over the month, you know, over the quarter. And um, and this this past week, we saw quite a bit of interesting use cases. Uh, and we saw folks uh, like Pablo uh, who are just there, who are participating in different incentivized testnets, using Akash and gaining a massive advantage. So incentivized testnets are essentially testnets run by different protocols to help them test uh, various, uh, you know, um, uh, usually new software that's going to be coming out before they go to mainnet. And um, usually these testnets are, uh, for participants, they're expensive because you have to either go on the classic cloud, which is Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, and, and um, you know, and tend to, you know, um, end up spending quite a bit of money because these nodes are not cheap. So people are discovering that Akash is a very viable uh, alternative uh, to run validators in a significantly cost-optimized manner. So people are slowly starting to realize and they're taking advantage of it. And this is a great uh, way to introduce new software like Akash to new ecosystems like Near Protocol because uh, like we discussed before, the earlier you are in terms of life cycle, the, the validator developer life cycle, the better and the higher chances of adoption, right? So uh, folks discovering that, hey, Akash can run in test environment in a viable manner. And again, I like these testings because they tend to uh, push push the boundaries, right? Because the whole point of testing is to be able to test different adversarial conditions to different failure conditions to different attack vectors for a network. So I love Akash to be tested uh, at that level that you don't normally get in production systems. So this is overall a great sign uh, just from a community to to you know to uh, ensure that Akash is, has heavy presence in these uh, incentivized testnets. We also saw other incentivized testnets like Quicksilver. Uh, where uh, Paolo 
Paulo Dia can't uh, spell his last name. He actually got a bunch of rewards, uh, uh, you know, uh, participating in this test. And then that's, and he spent about $4 uh, for deployment and his rewards were some, something in 1600 quick silver tokens. I am pretty sure they're, they're worth more than $4. So he's actually making money um, running test nets on Akash. And I think that's a good pattern. If you see any incentivized test net, you should definitely try to run an Akash node because it actually it could actually actually end up making money. And this is a great time, right? We love bear markets. We saw, if you remember, Akash incentivized test net uh, we introduced in uh, two years, two and a half years ago. And a lot of the folks that uh, you know participated in the testnet ended up getting a ton of tokens, and we, you know, it was great for us because we were able to, you know, um, recruit a lot of validators to our community and recruit a lot of community members, and uh, you know, and and you know, rightfully so, some of those participants, uh, you know, were rewarded heavily for their uh, for their testing and and uh, helping Akash secure, right? So. Highly encourage folks to go check it out. Bear markets are great for these kind of incentivized activities. And using Akash is great for you. You know, it's, it's, it's great for your pocket. So it's a, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, do go check it out. Akash has been listed uh, now in Siena Network. Siena is a privacy-focused DeFi network built on secret. Um, this is uh, a wrapped uh, AKT. I think it's SAKT. Uh, that's what they're calling it. So it's pretty cool to see Akash penetration more in the uh, secret ecosystem. And uh, looking back for the month, right? So we welcome quite a bit uh, of new ecosystem partners. By the way, if you haven't checked out, go check it out, ecosystem.akashnetwork. We also updated our website to reflect some of the um, new projects that we've been, uh, you know, uh, we, we've been welcoming. So, um, so in this uh, last month, we did Spark IBC, uh, Decentralized Web Services, uh, Cosmos Validator, who, who's uh, running a node as well as a provider, uh, Alter DAP, uh, IBC NFTs, and the blockless and Swift chain to the Akash ecosystem. And we recorded all these in ecosystem or Akasha network. I also did a survey recently asking community if, if what they would prefer to communicate these um, these uh, different projects coming on board or cash because there's a lot that happens, right? So overwhelmingly, people wanted us to make news out of uh, every adoption. So we had, I think, over 480 or, or, or close to 500 votes, and 70% of them said, yes, we should make news out of every adoption. So we'll, we'll try and do that. Uh, we have quite a lot of news then, uh, you know, coming up. And um, last month was really good too, you know. And, and sorry, this month uh, we celebrated our uh, our peak resource usage. At one point, Akash was um, registering about eleven terabytes of memory actively leased. Right, and that's quite a feat. Um, that's quite a validation. I mean, of course, you know this peak load peak usage doesn't usually stay. Uh, Akash being an early product, we have very volatile usage, and that's uh, natural, very organic. But, uh, you know, when we see like peak usage is like 11 terabytes uh, being used, really tests the system to its limits and really gives an amazing, um, amazing, um, you know, uh, uh, conviction for us, right? Yes, the system is being used. And, uh, and the growth generally, if you drive, if you draw a curve, resource usage is generally on uptrend, which is a really good sign. And we also saw a good product market fit with utilization rates up to 29%, right? So memory usage uh, at one point was at 29%. And 
And we see that's very healthy. Um, now compare that usage to uh, networks like Filecoin, which has 0.07% utilization, right? So that indicates there's too much supply in this less demand. A 29% usage is a very healthy indication that Akash has, has a healthy market product fit, sorry, product market fit, and then we're actually uh, improving in the product market fit. It's not really how much resources you have that matters, it's really how much resources that uh, you know are in the marketplace and are cleared, right, inventory. How much inventory do you have left uh, is what matters, right? Ideally, you want 100% utilization. 100% of the inventory that comes to the market should be sold, and that's an ideal market conditions, but we all know that's next to impossible. Even the best marketplaces don't have that level of utilization. So seeing a 29% utilization is a very uh, strong indication that our cautious product market fit is strengthening and going going better and all this without any external incentives right we do discussed about like hey incentivize token models are great if you want to bootstrap but at some point if you don't if you have too many incentives pre-product market fit you end up uh, having a scenario where uh, you have over overwhelming uh, resources that are listed and very little usage right like we see that filecoin i mean nothing wrong with filecoin i just uh, feel like the over incentivization of node power um, uh, like puts them in a very interesting position because all the incentives will be gone by the time they get product market fit, right? So, and then, then you're struggling to incentivize suppliers. So hopefully, because tokens don't last forever and tokens uh, usually need a, a cap uh, or else you end up in a terror-like situation, right? So, so incentivizing post-product market fit has been a thesis for Akash and uh, it's really good to see strong product market fit signaling before the incentives kick in because that'll allow us to grow faster and grow, grow quickly. And um, and Praetor and overall, I think, uh, you know, our ecosystem has been very, very active, right? So Praetor announced support, uh, we, we announced support for persistent storage and soon after Praetor, which makes Akash uh, being, becoming an Akash provider, very, very straightforward and simple, announced their support for, for persistent storage. Now we're seeing enormous amount of persistent storage on the network, right? And similarly, we announced uh, our IP leases that are, uh, you know, that are code complete, are in testing and uh, deployed to EdgeNet. And we saw Akash Linux implement uh, IP leases for functionality in their EdgeNet, right? We see this level of our ecosystem partners being ready to ready to launch with us, uh, being code ready. I mean, we're talking about features that are not well documented, but still that wouldn't stop our ecosystem partners to uh, go and implement these features and show them off to our user base. And that's a really good, great indication, right? So that's really what decentralization is all about. It's, it's not one company doing it. it, it's these people coming together, all excited about the, about the decentralization, decentralized future and building towards it. And, uh, <clears throat> And also, uh, this month we saw a great article from Masari indicating that Akash is a really good viable option post-Ethereum merge when you have enormous amounts of GPUs available on the network. And that's been a big dream for us. We are working very hard to get uh, GPUs out as quick as possible. And, um, and post-merge, you're going to have $19 trillion of GPU capacity that's, that uh, Ethereum network in itself uh, you know, attracted, right? So this... $19 billion, my, my, my. So $19 billion um, of GPUs available means it's going to, um, be, we should be able to be in a good position to leverage those GPUs 
onto a cache network, uh, thereby reducing the GPU cost on the cloud significantly. So we can't really wait for the ETH merge to happen and we'll have the GPU capability by then. So it's really exciting uh, exciting to see our supplies already almost all bootstrapped right here. Um, Akash also saw an enormous uh, IBC volume. Akash has the highest IBC volume, interchain blockchain communication volume for a non-financial Web3 application, right? So every other application above Akash that had higher volume is, is uh, DeFi for the most part, and maybe an NFT. But Akash definitely was the number one. Actually, um, no, no uh, NFT, it's all DeFi, right? Or layer ones that are hosting this DeFi. So, Seeing a an amazing volume for Akash is uh, is, is a great sign, uh, you know, and that's also a very important for us to for us during this bear market to to work towards better uh, a brand for uh, for for Web three. So far, it's been DeFi, and DeFi led to you know CD five, which led to a collapse of our our, our industry, right? Voyager to 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 um, all these uh, products, Celsius and whatnot, are just uh, even though they're not DeFi, they're 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 centralized products leveraging uh, decentralized finance, are starting to you know uh, invite bad regulation. I call it right. So uh, regulations already struggle for a lot of our projects. Now we have the collapse of these massive institutionals that are dubbed as DeFi, but that really are not. Um, and uh, attracting bad regulation. So it's very important for us as an industry to showcase the technologies that go beyond finance, right? Finance is fun, but it's not very very attractive to a lot of folks. If you talk to a lot of the Web2 engineers, they don't really care about finance. For them, something like cloud, something more, more deeply technical and deeply useful for their daily lives is, uh, is what matters. And it's very important for us to decouple Finance from Web three technologies and and showcase these technologies like Akash and like like storage technologies like uh, you know and um, and uh, you know uh, infrastructure technologies such as LivePeer and whatnot. So it's good to see uh, that level of IBC volume for Akash. And uh, from a feature standpoint, interchain account support is almost uh, code ready. It's currently uh, in a review. It's on our GitHub. So go check. Check out the pull request and you'll get an idea where we are. So I'm really excited for interchain accounts because this allows for significantly better interoperability with networks such as Juno or Secret. Uh, and this and with uh, by enabling interchain accounts, a an application on Juno can deploy directly on Akash using a Juno account and not an Akash account. And that's very, very amazing, right? So a Juno account uh, can technically sign packets on Akash and uh, sign transactions on Akash. Um, and uh, we can do an auto swap using Juno swap. So now you're gonna see DAO DAOs and whatnot, uh, members of DAO DAO directly deploying onto Akash using a smart contract from Juno, which is nothing like we ever saw in, in Ethereum. These are the kind of use cases that are going to showcase Cosmos and the power of Cosmos to the rest of the Web3 ecosystem. I'm really excited for interchain accounts to come out. And Jake Hartnell from uh, Juno has been in a big driver for us to get this interchain account. So hats off to him. I'm really excited to collaborate with their team. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, Akash has been receiving quite a lot of love. And we, you know, we love, we love community. And you can see people, there's overwhelming support by our community. <laughs> community. Um, uh, the website's running on Akash. Uh, 
showcasing that they are powered by Akash. And this is very important because more people see this uh, and the more people get conviction that Akash is um, is being used widely, at least in the, in the Web3 ecosystem. So uh, please encourage folks to uh, put the logo powered by Akash and, uh, and tag them powered by Akash with the hashtag. So, uh, and it'll, it'll help us a lot. <clears throat> and with that, before we leave, uh, we uh, do have... Uh, Quite updates from our team. We, as you know, we're hiring a lot, and uh, I'm very excited to announce that we hired around eight people this month alone. Uh, we made offers uh, for full time and for uh, contractors. Nevertheless, eight new people are joining um, Overclock Labs, and that's a great uh, achievement uh, from a hiring standpoint. And hiring is one of the hardest things we have to do. Uh, we have engineering, we have you know <clears throat> non-engineering folks. Uh, marketing uh, product, <clears throat> marketing and in business development and all 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 different areas. Uh, we only have two positions open. Uh, if you remember, we had like seven positions open before. Now we're able to close most of them. So we have we still have two key positions. Uh, one being a senior software engineer. This is a staff level engineer or LL six or L seven from a Google standpoint. So and this is a very hard role to fill because uh, the seniority uh, most Almost all good people working in this at this level are happily employed, you know, happily earning a massive uh, paycheck. So it's very hard for them to move to Web3, but we are trying our best. And our next big priority hire is VP of Marketing. Uh, and that's also a very, very important, very hard hire. It's not someone who just who does some marketing in, 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 in crypto. It's someone that understands developer marketing in and out, right? Uh, and that's that's a very very hard role to fill. So we we still have those two jobs open. With that, I conclude my uh, weekly and monthly wrap up. And it's been quite an exciting month. And let's uh, make sure that August is even more exciting than July. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, it's been a great month for sure. Definitely looking forward to August. Um, so joining us today is Anil Murthy, head of product here at Overclock Labs. Anil is an engineer turned product manager who has a passion for building products that serve deeply technical users. He has worked on products ranging from consumer hardware, enterprise hardware, software, and software as a service, and most recently cloud native developer and observability tooling. He's based in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon in the Pacific Northwest. And he also recently celebrated a birthday. Welcome Anil, how's it going? And tell us, how was your birthday? <laughs> Uh, thanks, Nadia. Yeah, it was a good birthday. It was pretty hot out here in Portland. Um, so we stayed indoors, tried to not get too dehydrated, but uh, it was a good one. Thanks. It's good to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Anil. And yeah, good luck with the heat waves up there. Um, Anil, I have a few questions for you that will help us get a better sense of IP leases and set the stage as we then move into a deeper discussion with Greg. So oh, to good. start it off, um, what is IP leases? Yeah, so just to sort of keep it super simple, um, you know, when we build products, we're obviously thinking about uh, features and products that benefit both tenants on, on Akash as well as the providers. So tenant is somebody that's deploying workloads on Akash's uh, cloud network, and then providers are the people that are hosting, um, you know, resources on the Akash network. And so IP leases kind of fits both of those really well. So put very simply, uh, IP lease is basically an option for a Akash tenant to request a publicly routable IP address for the services that they deploy. 
Um, so today, if you're uh, deploying on Akash, when you typically deploy a service, uh, you get what's called an HTTP endpoint. So this is um, typically what's exposed out of the service and it's what you know your external users use to connect to your service. While this works for the most part, there are certain instances where um, you know services require you to have a fixed IP address and a fixed publicly routable IP address. And so this uh, feature essentially unlocks that capability for tenants. Um, and then on the provider side, the benefit for the providers with IP leases is that uh, most providers typically have a pool of IP addresses that they request from their data center or from any sort of IP broker. Uh, and they typically have more IP addresses than they need. So, so what this allows providers on, on Akash to do is to be able to offer those IP addresses or those pool of IP addresses to their tenants um, and thereby bring more value to the tenants and then be able to monetize this IP space as well. So there's a little bit of it for tenants and as well as for providers. Thanks, Dan and Neil. Um, why have we decided to add IP leases onto a Kosh network and how is it important to the evolution of Web3? In short, could you tell us a little bit more about why we're building this? Awesome. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I like the Web3 com component to it. So I'll first talk about just generally why this feature is important, right? So we talked about obviously um, the value it brings to tenants and to providers. Uh, but more generally for the uh, for the growth of Akash and for the growth of the ecosystem itself, um, you know, there are certain types of ecosystem partners as well as uh, uh, potential use cases out there. Uh, examples might include, you know, things like Solana validators, uh, pre-search nodes, uh, somebody trying to deploy a VPN solution. Many of these types of use cases require that we be able to provide a fixed IP address and in many cases, you know, a um, UDP or TCP port that is in the standard uh, port range. So that's the zero to one is one zero to four port range. Um, for example, if you're doing a VPN solution, you want to be able to connect to a standard port, right? So in order for those solutions to be able to deploy onto Akash, it was really important for us to be able to offer this fixed IP, right? And so what this does is number one, it opens up the use of Akash to a lot more um, use cases and partners and solutions out there that cannot run on Akash today. So it essentially is a growth story there. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, it also checks essentially if you if you want to, if you care about checking boxes against Web2, it checks essentially another box related to Web2, existing Web2 cloud solutions. Um, so, you know, if people on this call are familiar with AWS services or Azure services, uh, you may be familiar with the idea of um, AWS Elastic IP. So think of IP leases as being very similar to Elastic IP. Um, so it's very similar to Elastic IP in the sense that, you know, an a when you get an AWS Elastic IP, you typically get a publicly routable IPv4 address that is assigned to your account um, and it's yours until you release it, right? So it's very similar to that um, in that sense. Where it differs, of course, is that it's not only a benefit for the people that are consuming resources on uh, AWS, in case of Akash, it's also a benefit for the providers. So in our case, providers get to sort of monetize and, and make this available as a value service to the tenants as well. So that's where Akash brings an additional value over what uh, you can get from AWS. Um, and so so that's kind of the, the, the key thing. And so, you know, tying this to your question about Web3 and sort of what, um, what uh, Greg was touching on before is, uh, you know, um, this is sort of the one of the core values of why uh, Web3 matters beyond DeFi. Uh, the whole idea with Web3, at least as I understand it, is uh, to be able to offer 
products and services to a community of people that want to build uh, their own services on top of it and be able to monetize them um, and and sort of bring value to to people that want to use them, right? And so this is a perfect example of that where um, providers can sort of um, take advantage of the extra IP space that they have and thereby increase the value that they bring to the community. Yeah, to add to Anil's uh, Web 3 right? So there is this problem uh, that we talk quite a lot about, and you know, there's some solutions that we're working on. The problem is essentially no discoverability, right? So for example, uh, say I uh, run a Solana node, right? And someone else across the country or across the world runs another Solana node. How do these nodes discover each other? I mean, assuming there's no centralized party that's coordinating. Right now, we have, we go to Discord and be like, hey, give me your IP address for your peer list, right? But say there is no Discord, there's no centralized party for coordination. How do we go discover these nodes? So one way to do that is through IP uh, gossip protocols. Like we can go advertise uh, to essentially, you know, traverse the IP v4 map and be like, go check if this port is open. If a number, a particular port, and that port is open, go try to connect and do a handshake with that port, right? So that's, that way, two nodes can discover each other. So that's one of the advantages of having a fixed port type mechanisms uh, that enables node discovery without a centralized part. And that is critical for Web3, right? Because Web3 is a big problem is bootstrapping today. You need to get the first like IP address that you need to like sync your data, you know, need to sync your data. If everybody has a fixed IP address and fixed port, um, that that becomes easy to discover nodes. So I just wanted to add to our Web3 use case for uh, for IP leases. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Um, so we really value openness, especially when it comes to our community. So I'm actually going to go ahead and hand it back off to Greg, who's going to walk us through and give us a closer look with Anil on where we are today with releasing IP leases. Take it away, guys. Thank you. So and we, we are code complete. I mean, I'll have Anil give a detailed update where we are. Um, so, so at a high level, we are deployed in EdgeNet. It's functioning on, on, on a single node. Anil, you want to expand on that? Yeah, so essentially, um, you know, just going a little bit under the hood on how all this works, uh, what we implement is essentially a load balancer sitting in front of the nodes that are deployed in a cluster. And then this load balance load balancer, so each of the nodes that is deployed in a cluster has a pool of IP addresses allocated to that specific host. And the job of the load balancer is to ensure that all the pool of IPs that are on each of the hosts is exposed to the services that are connected to them. And uh, uh, when requests come in, uh, assign them to the correct host. Make sure, you know, if there's a certain pod, uh, a certain service running in a certain pod that is deployed in a certain node, making sure that the traffic gets routed correctly to that specific node. Uh, so that's kind of the, the uh, super quick uh, description of the implementation on our side, right? So um, uh, right now we have, a, we, have the, we have most of it working. Um, we in fact have, like Greg pointed out earlier, we have a testnet that is deployed um, and uh, you know it's also accessible through Akash Lyrics. So Akash Lyrics folks, thanks for making the code changes on your side to support it. Um, so if you go into Akash Lyrics today and click on the EdgeNet, uh, you should see a version uh, 0.16 RC-4. Uh, that is the version to use if you want to test this out. Uh, the one thing that uh, we still have to resolve is 
um, as we were testing through this, we found that in certain cases, uh, when there's a multi-node cluster deployed, in some cases, the um, load balancer wasn't doing, or load balancer combined with uh, QProxy, wasn't doing a good job of routing traffic to the specific node um, in cases where there's multiple nodes. And so we're working through that and making sure that that works perfectly uh, before we deploy this completely to the main net. And so in terms of, you know, timelines, um, we have a test net today or an edge net uh, that people can test out uh, with the caveat that, you know, if it's a multi-node uh, test net, it'll uh, potentially sometimes not return the IP address, but, um, you know, we're working on resolving that and hope to have uh, this available on the main net uh, in the next few weeks. Thank you, Anil. I mean, it's been uh, quite a lot of progress. So there's a small, small issue uh, and that's, that we're still trying to resolve. Now, one of these things about decentralized systems is we got to get things perfectly functioning before we can ship. Unlike in Web2, where you can ship and fix things later. Because unfortunately, once you ship uh, in a in a in a decentralized system, there's really very it's very hard to update, right? So, uh, uh, the one edge case that we are still testing and we are figuring out what the issue is. Uh, please come help us test it. Uh, if you see the issue, please report it. Or if you have any insights on like what you might think is a good fix, please also suggest. And beauty is Akash is fully open source, right? And and the code is fully out there. Uh, so please come help us test it in the testnet. Uh, the more thorough we are with the testnet testing, the better for resilient we are. So we're we're coming very very close, and uh, and uh, you know we should have that in production in a in a in a fairly quick time. So thank you so much, Anil. Yep, thanks, Craig. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's uh, to emphasize the part that it's a relatively minor issue. I don't think we have had anybody outside of our company actually report this so far on the testnet. So, and I know there's people that have tried it out and uh, tweeted about it. So, thanks for that as well. Yeah, more people try it out, more different perspectives we see, right? It's better yep. perspectivity. Uh, so, yeah, highly encourage people to go do it. Awesome. Okay. Um, do you guys have anything more to add before we open it up for our AMA? I think that's pretty. Uh, so that's pretty comprehensive update on our uh, on IP leases. Uh, I think uh, you know, you just uh, expect to see that very very soon. Perfect. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and kick off the AMA with a question we got in from Telegram. While we bring up um, our first question here in Spaces, I see Happy Investors back. Welcome back. We're gonna go ahead and bring you up. And while we do that, let's take this first question from Telegram. So, Greg, we have a question. The person wrote in, do you plan to implement something so people can buy AKT with a credit card for deployments so that there is no need to go to the exchange? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that we did um, was a, a key feature we did uh, release as part of the mainnet 3 was authorized spend. Authorized spend allows you to have two separate wallets uh, for deploying on Akash. One wallet that'll pay for the deployment and another wallet that'll control the deployment. So a big challenge with implementing credit card-based uh, deployments uh, where in ideal world, you would just use a credit card, buy a bunch of tokens, and use those tokens to pay for your deployment. Great, Akash is a decentralized cloud. That's normally how people would do in typical cloud. but since we are a, a, a cryptographic digital asset, uh, we can't, as a company, Overclock Labs as a company, cannot sell tokens without a KYC procedures. Even with KYC procedures, 
It's enormous amounts of reporting. It's enormous amount of compliance. Uh, for a cloud company, uh, it's just not something in our wheelhouse, and there's too much of a risk for us to take, right? And on top of that, we have to get permission uh, for every state that we operate in, uh, and there's something called blue sky laws. So all 50 states, we need to get um, you know a, a check, and about nine federal agencies that have uh, that have jurisdiction over anything that really deals with money. So unfortunately, in the United States, we've been dealt a terrible hand as a Web3 company. But it is what it is, right? So we cannot legally sell tokens for credit cards on our website. So, uh, but the nuance is like, we can, you know, we can sell tokens as long as we're not giving custody of the tokens. Overclock Labs being a company and a cash network being the network, right? So you, one can imagine if there's a way where you can still purchase tokens, but you don't get custody of the tokens. That means you cannot tra transfer money or transfer those tokens to someone else. So with this authorized spend capability, Overclock Labs can maintain a hosted wallet and authorize your wallet, your operating wallet, to deploy on behalf of this hosted wallet and not give you access to those tokens, just allow you to purchase them or liquidate them. Uh, and that way you can have the capability uh, by paying, and that, that way you can purchase these tokens using credit card, doesn't really matter. Uh, there's no KYC requirements for this. So it'll be extremely smooth experience. You can put that on a auto, uh, what do you call it, renewal plan as well. You can do all amazing things that that we can do. So in Testnet 3, I'm sorry, in Mainnet 3, we introduced this capability that we plan on actually building a product around. And one of the most exciting things that we talked about is this web UI that we've been working on. So soon enough, you'll see uh, part of this web UI, a credit card-based uh, uh, purchase and renewals, and that's going to help our retention uh, in incredibly. That's going to help our adoption, our activation credibility. I'm, I'm very excited for this feature. Awesome. With we that... also have one more question. I think somebody pinged me yesterday. Oh, go uh, for it. About uh, in my in my thread, and they asked if they what our funding situation is uh, for uh, uh, for the overclock team, and you know, we, do we have enough money? And the, and the answer is yes. We are fortunate to to be well capitalized. We raised capital during the bull market, and uh, we are well capitalized to support Akash development uh, for for the next two to three years. Overclock collapses, and uh, and and the follow up question was: Is this still enough? I mean, it's very very early. I'm like absolutely. I mean, we are just starting to scratch the surface, right? And we will obviously raise additional funds as we make tangible progress. But it's very important uh, to have at least one cycle's worth of uh, capital uh, because uh, in, in crypto, we know this is very cyclical, bear and bull markets. Right now we're in a bear market. Um, you know, we'll not be able to raise additional capital in a bear market. Nobody's trying to raise capital. This is the time to build. And when bull market comes, we can raise capital, right? So it was very important for us to use the capital that we have accumulated so far to make tangible progress Tangible progress means adoption and increased usage of resources. And that's exactly what we're doing, right? So we have another few years to continue on our progress and get better adoption and uh, puts us in a better position to raise additional capital. Happy investor. We're so happy to see you again. Um, go ahead with your question. Hey, great to be back. Hi, Greg. Um, I haven't, I haven't, 
looked at all at Filecoin and Arweave, uh, but it seems they, they offer a pretty similar service to what you are offering. Um, I was just, I would like to know, please, what is the difference between Akash and Filecoin and Arweave? Thank you. Uh, good question. So it's not the similar service, it's actually separate services, right? So cloud, if you, a cloud application needs uh, computing to process storage to store data and, you know, read data that to, to process the data, routing to you know, send the data to the customers or the users, and a whole lot of services a, a modern, um, you know, cloud requires, cloud application requires. Um, so are we Filecoin, SIA, Storage, or storage services? That means you can store data and retrieve data. They don't do anything beyond that, right? Um, so if additionally, they can push a little bit if you have only static data, like if you have like just non-dynamic web pages, uh, you can host them on uh, Rweave, but nothing dynamic in nature. That means you cannot, cannot use a API or you cannot do anything like a WordPress, for example, right? Whereas Akash is compute. We do not do storage. We have storage capability, but that's limited to the uh, uh, to the uh, 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 lease of the uh, application, right? So it doesn't. It's inherently not redundant, and that's by design, right? So it's not uh, something Akash. You would use storage just for processing that application, but the expectation is once you're done with the application, the storage goes away. So for example, even with persistent storage, the storage persists across different restarts, but it's not permanent, right? So a scenario for Akash would be, if you were to host a database or like a web, uh, sorry, a, a WordPress application, as simple as WordPress application, you would have two containers uh, on Akash. Uh, one container is the WordPress PHP and Apache stack. Another one is a MySQL stack, right? MySQL is your database. And you have to regularly back that MySQL up to a storage solution like RView. Um, so when you offload, that means if you're done with the lease and you shut down your application, your, your data is still available to you. Then you can you know, boot your data, boot your application up with the data that you backed up, and so you don't lose data. So you gotta use Filecoin RV when uh, and these storage solutions in tandem with a, a computer solutions for a for a complete uh, uh, web application. Thank you. Welcome. Awesome. While we see if anybody else has any questions or any others are sent in on Twitter, Greg, a bit of a non-technical question for you. Um, I've seen you and Lex Avellino of Passage Three D going back and forth on Twitter. Are we going to see Greg and Lex on an Elden Ring live stream? I, I might have overcommitted to that. <laughs> <laughs> Install a game and I miserably failed after five minutes of trying. And, you know, unfortunately had to be pulled for other things. And, you know, it's also, I also run a company. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I did give it a try, uh, you know, and it's it just it's it's a difficult game, so I'm not fully sure on my time commitment requirements in order for me to get good at this game. But you know, I have to give something up in life in order to accommodate this game. Uh, I'm trying to decide between giving up my girlfriend or my dog. Uh, 
I can't quite make the decision yet. So, uh, you know, it's up in the air yet. So let me, let me see. Let me see what I can do. So Greg will get back to us on that. Oh, man. Um, all right. Does anybody have any tips for Greg or any other questions before we close it out for today? All right. With that, um, I want to say thank you so much to Anil and Greg for joining us on Spaces today. And also give you guys a huge thank you for joining today or listening to this later. Right now, please be sure to join us on Friday on Telegram. Check out our announcements on Telegram to learn more about what we'll be doing there. Join us next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific for our next Akash Weekly Spaces with Greg. Tap that set reminder button as soon as we post it. If you have an idea for a project on Akash, Join our grant program. Watch Alani tell you more on our YouTube channel. The vids that he's put together pack a lot of info in a convenient bite-sized link. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Alani was also on um, earlier in the month with Prador talking about providers. He was also on last week where we heard from some providers. Check out those episodes. We've actually been able to onboard um, a few providers from these spaces calls and they are up to 55 new providers for the month. So awesome, guys. Uh, check out akash.network slash community and find out how you can spread the word about Akash and help this project grow by becoming an Akash insider. And once again, in case you guys missed it, we'd like to welcome Jagar, who's on here on the call. Um, thanks for joining us again. And thanks for becoming our newest insider. And with that, Thank you so much for joining today's event. Thanks again to Greg and Anil for filling, in, filling us in on the latest. See you guys next Wednesday with Greg at 8 a.m. Pacific. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly, hosted by Greg Asuri, featuring Anil Murdy, recorded on Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, the sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Can't even say they're making pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose. That's 
that's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.